This podcast is brought to you by My Wedding Professionals. A group of award-winning suppliers and experts for your wedding day. Hello and welcome to this latest podcast from My Wedding Professionals. We are a group of multi-award-winning wedding suppliers based in Kent from whom you can find all your wedding essentials, from flowers to fruitcakes, dresses to designer lights, and basically anything you need for a great wedding. I am Peter Thompson, professional Toastmaster, and in these podcasts, we will be chatting to one of our own experts to give you some ideas, inspiration, and options for your very special wedding day. And we hope that you will find them informative, interesting, and amusing. I'm joined by Tim Cullen from Mint DJ Services, who is recording this for us. Today, I am delighted to be speaking to Sarah Lingham our florist from Wild Ideas. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Tell us about you and what it is you do. So um, I'm a florist, so we do everything floral that you can imagine. Flowers for everybody. Um, we, I've been in the industry for, oh, I don't like to say how long because that makes me sound really old, but um, over 30 years um, and still love what we do. But we do everything. So weddings, parties, funerals, uh, gifts, corporate, um, yeah, anything really that to do with flowers. Lovely. Thank you. Obviously, today we're here to talk about wedding flowers. So if we may, we'll just focus on those. Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favourite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. Once somebody has booked you, tell us about the consultation process that follows then in preparation for the wedding. Okay, so I would meet the couple either in their own home um, or at the venue. And we would uh, go through everything that they've, you know, their ideas really. So it would be the the feel of the venue. Um, hopefully the bride has, or has got her dress by then or the couple have decided what they're wearing um, by then because that also gives a, a look to the flowers. If you've got something quite formal, you're going to go down one route. If you've got something that's a bit more sort of boho or you've got a marquee wedding, that kind of thing, uh, that's going to take you down a different route. So to me, they're the, the two first key items that you need to have decided to give me an inkling of where you're heading. Okay. So in terms of venues, what really are the extremes? I suppose you've got grand yeah. hotel ballroom type Absolutely. So you could have something that was very formal, so wood panelling, um, sort of you know velvet chairs, that kind of look. Um, so you're going to head for something floral that's going to be much, much more formal. Um, we also do sort of marquee weddings. They're really popular, particularly the sort of teepee style. Um, so you might have straw bales, um, you know, much more rustic, much more simple. So your florals are going to match that. Okay. Uh, I think you also mentioned the dress. Oh, yeah, dress is key. Always, of course, what you're wearing is key. Um, whether that be dress or, or suit or what you know, whatever it is um, for you as a couple that's important what you're wearing, your flowers need to work with that. So um, if you've got sort of, a, say, a lace gown that's very flowy and, and, as I say, lends itself to more sort of the outdoors and soft country wedding, your flowers are going to reflect that. The shape of them, the type of bouquet you're going to 
carry. Um, also you. So if you're at all a bride or you're shorter, um, when we do the consultation, all those things get noted because I don't want to make a bouquet to fit me. I need to make a bouquet that's going to fit you. Um, so we take all that information and also I would note down the style of your dress um, so that if it's a big dress, you can take a bigger bouquet. Obviously, if it's a, if it's something that's more neat and you're a neat person, then your bouquet needs to reflect that as well. Okay. So when a bride or a couple come to you, sure. should they have any preconceived ideas or... Uh, we, we work with both, in all honesty. Um, some people have um, been on Pinterest and done loads and loads of research and they've got mood boards and they've got um, lots of different bouquet styles and things like that. Other people haven't a clue and need, you know, more guidance. So we've got hundreds of images that we can go through, you know, of all different weddings that we've done or we'll even scroll through you know, Pinterest together if that's what it takes um, to, to get sort of on the right page. Um, and sometimes what a bride or couple tell me what they don't like speaks volumes too. So if you don't know what you want, but you know what you don't like, um, whether it be something that's a bit messy, so obviously a country style isn't for you, you like a, a sleeker look, um, you're telling me things by telling me what you don't like as well as what you do. How difficult is it for you when people come to you with an idea in their head that is just not going to work okay that's that's difficult because you don't want to shatter um sort of an idea that someone's had but I would rather be honest um if I feel that um the expectations because sometimes um though Pinterest and all the magazines and everything are fabulous those bouquets it's particularly bouquets they've been made for um a photo shoot so therefore, um, it could be that they've used something like poppies, for instance, that look amazing, but they've got no longevity for a day. Um, so to put those into a wedding would really make me nervous that you was going to end up with a bouquet that's going to last for your photographs. So it's about being honest and managing your expectations because you have to, you know, it's, you're going to be carrying that for a good few hours, um, and it still needs to look good. I mean, it'd be lovely as well for it to look good when your evening guests arrive, because though you're not necessarily carrying your bouquet, it's there, it has a presence in the wedding as well. So it has to be durable. It has and to things be. like Phalaenopsis orchids are quite delicate. They are quite delicate, yes. They are quite delicate. Um, the other one that's tricky is um, hydrangeas. They're in lots of pictures, but if you've got an August wedding, um, you know, hydrangeas can be tricky. We do have tricks. We do have water bottles that we can hide in front in the flowers um, so that, um, you know, they're, they're hidden with amongst the others. And then anything that we know is particularly vulnerable will be in water. Um, we deliver, when we deliver, we um, normally carry the flowers, you know, in our vehicles um, in water. And though it's not very glamorous, we may bind them at your venue, not with you seeing us, but there will be binding there. Particularly, we've had some absolute scorchers in, in August and that in the last couple of years that have been made us very nervous. So that that's mm -hmm. the better way of doing it. So um, we try to discreetly bind when we get to you <laughs> so that um, you know that it's going to look spot on for the ceremony, spot on for those photographs. So you do what um, you need to do absolutely. to make it work. Yeah, and every best. wedding's yes. different, you know, and it's like winter weddings, they give us worries because 
Um, if you want something that's, uh, you know, flowers that are going to open, uh, you know, when the flowers need to be open, they need to be looking their best for your day. So if you're having um, lilies, for instance, that, that's a tricky one for us because they can take a week to open. So we need to make sure we've got them in, we've got them, we play games with them, we bring them in the warm and we put warm water in them just so that they can open and be looking, you know, absolutely the best for you. Freeze is another one, that's a pickle. That one, um, again, takes a little while to open. So it's about sort of, I suppose you could say, knowing our stuff and making sure that we've, we're working with the elements or whatever circumstances that we're, we've been handled, you know, handed by, by the weather or the circumstances of your wedding. Mm. So you've mentioned different seasons. Yeah. Obviously, if a couple are getting married in the summer, yeah. their options for flowers are different to a wedding in the beginning of January. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, the Dutch are amazing. A lot of our flowers come through Holland, or they all, you know, pretty much come through the auction. And they come from different places across the world. Um, And the growing seasons by the Dutch have been expanded and expanded. So we are luckier that things aren't quite so short seasons as they used to be. But there are particular things like tulips, you know, that are available in springtime, springtime only. You know, the, the growing season has been increased. So you can get them maybe in November. But anything that's out of season is not its best. It's available, but it will be more expensive and it will be like a smaller version of its of its normal glory, if you like. Um, the other one we struggle with, which is in lots of the mag- magazine pictures, is um, peonies. Everyone loves peonies, and believe you me, I love peonies, so I can see why. Um, but they've got a really short growing season. Historically, it was only literally May, June. Now it is wider, and you can get them sort of from sort of April through to July. But apart from that, you you struggle. Um, so it's again it's about being honest and saying to somebody "Mm, okay I'm really sorry I know you love them but November wedding you you know you can't have them so the bottom bottom line is you cannot get everything throughout the year no you can't and your clients should listen to you for yeah. your expert guidance. Yeah. Though it's sad, you know, because you, you've gone down a road, maybe you've seen a picture, an image, you've gone down a road and you think that that's where you need, you want to head. But it is, it's, there's so many things in life we can control, but we, and we can control nature a bit, but we can't control it completely. Um, so in terms of couples planning their wedding, their consultation with you should be at quite an early stage Yeah, if it's fitting in with venue and they're making other plans with venues. We're normally looking, most people see us a year ahead. Um, People do book their weddings closer and closer. Again, fashions change. People used to plan the weddings for two years and I don't think they do now. Um, But um, yeah, the earlier you can see us, it's just sort of letting you know what's feasible um, and what's possible it's always helpful if we can do that sort of earlier in your proceedings so that um, and then it all falls it's like little dominoes once you've got your key elements sorted because I mean wedding planning is really overwhelming isn't it it's I feel sorry for people that they go to a wedding fair and their head must be in a tiz um, because there's so many options. They, they, they have absolute information overload. Absolutely, yeah, incredible. So um, you make a few key decisions, your dress, your venue, your flowers, and then stuff starts to make sense and it's all not quite so scary. <laughs> okay, so you've done a huge number of weddings. What is the best wedding you can think of? Mm. What's the best wedding for you? I should say my own. And it was. Mine was, you know, obviously your own is always special. Couples-wise, I really would struggle to choose. And that's not a cop-out. That's because every couple's different. Um, 
And if you, I'm really, really lucky because I see the couple on the day. So when we deliver the bridal bouquet, um, you can get an amazing instant reaction. And if you get that, it, it's just, well, it's, it, you know, I don't want to get warm and fuzzy, but it is warm and fuzzy. It's lovely. It's, it's absolutely lovely. And, um, and we put um, sort of different elements in. So if we've got something in for somebody, you know, they wanted particular flower and it's and it's in and it's beautiful that their reaction is just priceless um and then we get this a second tier because obviously then they see the venue um and then you get all the excitement about the venue as well so it's really hard to single one out because it's um it's just about the people isn't it so okay you know. so have you done any unusual or quirky weddings <laughs> i have <laughs> yeah we've had some fun with some of them um we've had um we had a dog called sarge that we had to make for this gorgeous little um cockapoo um who was so patient um because he wasn't going to wear a collar so and i hadn't realized that so on the day we had to make like a little ribbon harness um for him and he sat there like a little love um and allowed me to attach this harness and then attach his, his little um corsage as well which was fab that was so um you know he's always my little favorite friend um but then also uh, I had a couple that were absolutely lovely and he was a Star Wars fan through and through. Um, but he didn't go down the traditional route and go for a theme or anything like that. They had a very beautiful, normal, you know, traditional wedding, really. Um, and then the bride had secretly said to me, um, I've got this little miniature stormtrooper. Can you attach it to my bouquet? So we did. We, we hid him in front of the, in the middle of the flowers, um, which was great. And um, we had absolutely no idea until she'd got down the aisle and, you know, they'd seen one of that. And then she just delicately sort of turned her bouquet so that she could, he could see the stormtrooper. And that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was great to be on in on a, a secret, really. So that one stands out. You sound so bubbly when you're talking about weddings. Why do you enjoy weddings so much? Oh, goodness. Um, people, I'm a people person and you get a little window on their world. Um, I'm really lucky that a lot of my brides are, um, you, you kind of go in little waves. So I might have done a sister um, or a cousin or something like that. So um, you get to know, you see the same sort of, you might see the same mum more than once and things like that. Um, and it's just people. I love flowers. I like love people. And it brings the two things together, I think. One of the things that um, people often have at weddings are buttonholes. Yeah. Where is the best place for buttonholes to go? Would you advise them being sent to the boys' team's home, for example? I wouldn't. Um, we generally feel that um, they're better at the venue. So whether that be church, whether that be, um, you know, hotel or whatever it might be, um, we normally ask who is where. So whoever's with the bride, hers get boxed. So maybe dad, if that's appropriate, and pages, they go with the bridal bouquets. But boy, the, the generally the grooms, the groomsmen know, they normally go straight to the venue. Why? So, oh, um, more transport. If you've got to put, uh, if you've got your jacket on, you've got a buttonhole on there, and then you put your seatbelt across it. It squashes it. <laughs> yes. Now, now, bless you. You're being very coy. That's not the answer you gave me earlier. No, it isn't. What was that? <laughs> I said that the boys quite often leave, would possibly leave them behind. Um, so it's advisable that they go to the venue, so that they're in the right place. <laughs> Thank you. There's nothing like honesty. <laughs> 
also speaking to you earlier, you answered something that has bugged me for a long time about flowers. And that's the issue of the cost of flowers around festivals, particularly Valentine's Day, Christmas. Why are flowers so expensive? Why do people just bump up the prices? <laughs> yeah, we always kind of get the flack for that one. Um, it isn't It isn't the florist. It's to do with the growing and the way that we buy. We buy from the Dutch auction. So the Dutch auction will have all the uh, flowers from various different parts of, certainly Europe and, and other parts of the world. And they're bought on a clock system. So um, the clock starts to run and the price is high. And uh, they have a button to press. I mean, a lot of it's online now, but uh, traditionally they were in the room. And as the clock starts to count down, um, the price starts to fall. So if you don't need something, you can allow that clock to keep ticking and you can buy it at a cheaper price as as the price is falling. Obviously, red roses at Valentine's Day are in massive demand. So therefore, everyone hits that button when they're at premium price um, because... If you didn't, you wouldn't get them. So it's, and that happens not just at Valentine's, that happens um, because we're, we're in the world market. You might have other festivals. I mean, our Mother's Day and European Mother's Day differs. So prices are higher at our Mother's Day, but also they'll, they'll be higher for us even when it's European Mother's Day. And there's other different festivals um, that, that are you know, affected by, you know, so not necessarily this country, others as well. So it's like kind of eBay in reverse. Yeah, it is. It is. Where is your bidding up? You're waiting for it to fall um, and they're waiting for that price to fall and and on those demand days. And and if you desperately need flowers, you have have to... Absolutely, which is why we ask, you know, sort of when people ask you to do a generic quote, it's really difficult because you need to know the day of the wedding. Um, You know, because it will, and it will differ because the prices for us will differ quite dramatically. That is very interesting because that is something I have never really understood. Sure. Um, And I just, to be honest, I thought it was florists. Yeah. um, Oh, no, we will. Bumping up the prices because it's a particular. Red roses um, will be for us um, approximately uh, triple the cost that they would uh, another time. So, um, yeah, if you're having red uh, or red flowers on Valentine's Day, you know, and that's genuinely from from the auction, from the growers, they'll be triple for us. So if my wife is listening, (laughs) I'll be taking you out for your Valentine's meal on February the 21st. Exactly. And buying her flowers then too. (laughs) How important is it for you to liaise with other wedding professionals? Are there any other wedding professionals you particularly link with? with yes um uh, definitely cake um because uh you know we're both there at the venue um we quite often do fresh flowers for cakes as well i mean obviously uh, there's a lot of cake um suppliers that do don't necessarily have flowers on but there's, there's also a lot that do um so we need to liaise with them for that but it's also so that everything matches quite seamlessly um so, uh, you know, the colours that they're using, the tones and things like that, or if they're depicting something in particular on the cake, it's good to know. Um, stationery, yes, um, because there's menus and things, but generally that comes from just a sample from the bride as opposed to actually speaking to them. Um, and dress, we tend to have pictures of, we don't necessarily speak to the bridal shop, but we certainly have images on swatches of fabric. 
to work with. Lovely, thank you. I often work at weddings where the wedding ceremony itself is at a different venue to the reception. Do you advocate having two sets of flowers, one for the venue and one for the reception? Some things you'd need two of, of course you would, um, because for your tables it wouldn't necessarily work to, you know, they they would need to be done. But there's definitely things you can reuse. So if you have maybe a what we would call a long low display. So if you've got um, maybe an altarpiece or something like that, um, as long as it didn't offend the church, um, that would be, you know, the only thing, um, is that you can reuse that for your top table because it's the right shape. Um, if you've got a couple of pedestal arrangements, there's no reason why you can't, uh, as again, check with the venue that you've had your ceremony at, but there's no reason why you can't move those. Generally, I would say try to move them yourself and we're trying to make them as portable as we can um, and then designate a couple of groomsmen to, to be able to do that for you. Um, but yeah, definitely, wherever you can, use something twice. Um, yeah, and, and the same with if you've got um, your venue all in the same place, but in different rooms. Um, that's even easier because obviously the venue will move those things for you. They're quite, most venues that we work at are quite used to that. Um, oh, and I have another uh, saving tip is um, you can uh, use your bridesmaids bouquets as well. Um, we for? Can, uh, for your top table or for any other areas, we'll put some empty vases there for you. So particularly if you've got a lot of bridesmaids, fashions are to have quite a few at the moment. So they can place their bouquets into the glass vases when they arrive back to the venue. And, and that can just add extra colour um, and extra interest around the room. And it hasn't cost you anything. Yes. And so not only does it save flowers, but it saves money as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. And using your budget on areas that are key to you um, so if you can save on one area and then really go for it on something that's really important to you, then definitely. So so many years ago, 90% of weddings were probably in churches. Now there is a whole variety of venues at which people can get married. Do people do anything to include elements of tradition or their family customs they with do. their flowers? Yeah, sometimes we'll have a bride tell me about certain flowers that perhaps her mum had in her bouquet. Um, so we'll try to incorporate something like that, um, particularly something like maybe Lily of the Valley or particular freesia or something. Um, the other thing, we've done some quirky things. We've um, uh, There was one family that they did throughout for, for many, many years um, they'd carried this Bible um, and it was important to them. It was tiny. It was a small little sort of prayer book di- uh, Bible. Um, and they'd carried it and they'd had flowers sort of spilling off it. But the bride didn't want that. She wanted a big bouquet. So we painstakingly um, sort of attached. It was hundreds, about 100 years old, so I was so scared. But we did attach ribbon to it and some wires to it um, as delicately as we could. And then we hid that in the back of the bouquet. So she knew it was there because it was important to her but it wasn't a big feature of the day. Um, and we get given rings as well. Sometimes you might have lost somebody or and you want to carry a little bit of them with you. So we're given sort of wedding rings or, or um, and we can attach those in as well um, so that you've got just a little bit of something that's a tradition or, or means something. A lovely something. little personal touch. Exactly, exactly. How important is it for people these days to consider the meanings of flowers in bouquets? Ooh. Not Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know that there is an, an actual, you know, there's books with actual meanings for each flower. 
I very rarely come across that, very rarely. And I've got to be honest, I'm not complete, completely sort of, um, you know, I could look something up, but I wouldn't know um, all those meanings myself. Um, I guess if they came to you and had particular... Absolutely, yeah. ...particular desires for a particular reason, you know, lily of the valley means... Yeah, yeah. Um, um, of course whatever we Whatever the lily of the valley means. A, a lot of people, it's more about... Um, what they've seen, it's a, it's a visual thing. So they've seen tones of colours together and things like that, that, that rather than meanings. The meanings are more personal. So it, it is because mum carried it or it's mum's favourite flower or granny or whatever. Um, it's normally something like that as opposed to um, a given meaning. Yes. And those people would articulate that and let they, you know about it and yeah, why they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. We, we chat through... A lot, you know. I mean, consultation is is really the time to get into your head, if you like. Um, so yeah, we do chat a lot about things that, about family and and doing it your way, doing what's important to you. That's key. Um, that's how I feel anyway. We have recorded a great many of these blogs now, and a common theme seems to be how important it is to match our services to the individual people and their wedding. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. So, Sarah, that has been fascinating. If those people listening to this would like to contact you particularly, how do they do that? Well, they can take a look on the website, which is um, wildideasflowers.com, or they can look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook, we're under Wild Ideas Flowers, and, and the same on Instagram. Thank you. So... Thank you very much for talking to me today and for sharing some of your ideas, not always wild, and for demystifying some of the issues around wedding flowers. I have been speaking to our excellent florist, Sarah Lingham from Wild Ideas. I am Peter Thompson, professional Toastmaster, and this podcast has been recorded by our very good friend Tim Cullen from Mint DJ Services. We are all from My Wedding Professionals and collectively we can be found at myweddingprofessionals.co.uk on Facebook and Instagram on My Wedding Professionals. Thank you for listening today and we look forward to having you with us again soon.